Welcome to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel. Two bold adventurers born in 1988 and 1989 serendipitously parked their Volkswagen Westphalia camper van in a campsite adjacent to the Radio Curious mobile studio, also a Westphalia camper van, near Lone Pine, California, at the eastern base of Mount Whitney and about 90 miles west of Death Valley. Mary Ashley Crow, who goes by Mac, and her husband, Owen Chikazawa, have been on a sustainable road trip bound for nowhere since the end of April 2016. They're our guests on this edition of Radio Curious. Mac and Owen live in Stanley. That's the name for their campervan home, which provides them about 18 square feet of living space. Mac and Owen Both graduates of Savannah College of Art and Design support themselves as designers and illustrators. Mac creates apparel graphic art, branding, and graphic designs. Owen designs, illustrates, and animates broadcast television and startup explanatory videos. As Mac and Owen foment and pursue their wanderlust bound for nowhere, They focus remotely on their clients' goals and meet their needs. Mac and Owen invited me into their tiny home office, a.k.a. Stanley, to record our visit at the Tuttle Creek Campground just outside Lone Pine, California, on March 17, 2017. We began our conversation when I asked them to describe the genesis of their sustainable journey, which as of now, has no end in sight. I think that the beginning of all of this actually was a long time ago. I was about to graduate from college and Owen had been out for two years. And we were both living in Atlanta and we were ready for a change. And Owen had not done a whole lot of traveling in the U.S. So we decided to pack everything up into our Honda Element and we took off with about $8,000 in our savings account and we were going to go until it ran out or we found a new place to live. What, when was this in the sequence of getting you now to the 332nd day of the current trip? It was the summer of 2012, right after she graduated. I quit my job at that point and we just took off with no real concrete plans for afterwards. I feel like it should be said that we just totally ran out of money and had to race back to Atlanta. It's because we had family members there and job connections that we knew that we could come back and make some money. And um, I feel like life just kind of started to happen. We had bought a house and had desk jobs in our respective studios and We are after hours, after work, we are both freelancing, and it was late at night, and we both just looked at each other and we're like, why aren't we still on the road? Why isn't that what we're doing right now? And that night, we made the decision to hit the road, April 2016. That was, I think, two years before we hit the road, so we took about a solid two years. To prepare. To prepare, because we wanted it to be sustainable this time. I want to hear about the sustainability, but I also like 
uh, you to tell us about freelancing in your respective studios. What is the studio work that each of you do? So I do motion graphics, which is sort of a mix of animation and graphic design. I was working in studios in Atlanta, which is a great city for broadcast because there's places like Turner and the Weather Channel all there and their whole family of networks. And so we did a lot of broadcast work there and there's a handful of studios. So I was able to sort of build up a client base there. And with that, I sort of was able to start taking on work as an independent contractor rather than a staff employee. And now as an independent contractor, you do what kind of work here in in your van? What's the name of your van? Our van's name is Stanley. Okay. Here, here in Stanley, California. Yes, exactly. Stanley in California. Yeah. What is the kind of graphic work that you do that helps sustain your lifestyle? I used to do a lot of broadcasts. Now things are starting to trend more towards internet videos for companies starting up to explain their product and services. So that's a big portion of what I do. And then... Or doing something for a huge mixed-use development in New York. And um, Mary Ashley, uh, go by Mac. I do go by Mac, yes. Tell us about your studio work, your freelancing work. Um, It was a little bit, I will say it was harder for me to go freelance than it was for Owen. I quit my job the Monday before we got married. I was doing apparel graphic design, so I was designing imagery and graphics for output on apparel so if you needed a t-shirt for your brand your event your company a celebration i was working for a screen printing company that does that sort of thing since i've left a studio environment i have started to transition a lot more into traditional illustration traditional graphic design still a lot of print media but most of it is I'm doing a lot of branding, like personal branding and things of that nature. Traditional design. What does that mean? Yeah, I'm doing a lot of catalog advertisement design. Owen and I are working together a lot now. I'm doing a lot of designing to help him out with his animations. So a lot of front end graphic preparation for his animations and stuff like that. And you're able to do that here in Stanley which is a uh, delightfully modified uh, Vanagon <laughs> with the Westphalia interior, mm-hmm. surrounded by a 1985 uh, Volkswagen Vanagon. Yeah. He's, yeah. We did a lot of work on him to make him in the state that he currently is. Which is your entire home. Yes. Yep. Everything you have and hold dear, except for memories, is in here when you are. That is true. So... Tell us about how you were able to find this van and modify it as you have done. Owen and I are pretty big on old Volkswagens and had always loved them. So when we had the idea to go back on the road, we knew that our Honda Element was just not going to be enough space if we were going to need to work. So we started looking into other vehicles and instantly vans, vanigans specifically, were at the top of our list. So yeah, we very quickly honed in on being in a Volkswagen van again, specifically the Westfalia version, because we wanted to be able to have desk space for two, and we wanted to be able to take on friends and family if they wanted to come out and stay with us. 
which we have done. But we ended up finding Stanley in the Atlanta area. What have you done to it since you purchased it? So since we purchased it, we have done so many things. A new motor. A new motor is the big one. We swapped in a 2.5 Subaru engine. From That's uh, 2.5 liters, which Correct. is the engine size. Yes. It has to do with the power and displacement and to get you to accelerate going up hills. Exactly, which was a big weakness of the old engine. <laughs> so we did that. We've got a beefier suspension. And then the other big thing was just outfitting it for modern appliances and being able to supply us with enough power to have a mobile studio to power cameras and laptops and all the other accessories that we do have that help us accomplish our work from a day-to-day -day basis. So the studio work you do here in Stanley is what you could traditionally do perhaps on a large drafting table with others in a in mobile studio. Yeah, especially for me, because almost all of my work is done on the computer, it's almost no difference for me to work here in the van versus at a studio. The only difference is having that like face-to-face -face contact, which a lot of times I wouldn't have anyway. So the work that you do here is sent to your clients and customers by email. Yeah, we use Dropbox, which is a great internet service for passing large files around. But yeah, otherwise, all of our communication is done via email or combination of email phone calls. Almost no face-to-face. -face so it helps contact. to have internet service, but it's not required to do your creative work. Yeah, at, at most junctures, we can do it without the internet. I think in concepting phases and in the communication, we usually like to have internet just for sourcing imagery and inspiration of certain varieties anyways. Can you share with us the costs? the price of the van, and the approximate amount that you have added to that purchase price, what does Stanley require? We, or what have you given? What have yeah, you, I was going to say, what, we've given Stanley... What, what have you treated Stanley to? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> so what we purchased the van for was $7,000. Then we had the new engine put in, and we had the transmission reworked because it was getting stuck in fourth gear, which is scary. So that was $30,000, all of that work. And there was some other electrical and odds and ends that we had them do. Um, so that takes us to about $37,000. And then all of the other stuff that we've done ourselves, I think when it's all said and done, we're probably around forty. $45,000 For a home on wheels. Yeah, we had a budget. And then we ignored it. <laughs> totally ignored it. Yeah, we spared no expense for the most part, just because we felt like we were not going to be paying rent. We were not going to be paying rent on a studio space. We, you know, our cost is food and gas. And also, we really love this van. So, you know. Can you put a price on love? <laughs> that's that's a good question. <laughs> Another edition of Radio Curious. Mm -hmm. In this edition of Radio Curious, we're visiting with Owen Chikazawa and Mac. That's the name that Mary Ashley Crow uses. 
We're in the campground of Tuttle Creek Campground, just a little bit west of Lone Pine, California, which is about 10, 15 miles east of Mount Whitney and about 80 miles west of Death Valley National Park. You're listening to Radio Curious. I'm Barry Vogel, and this is Radio Curious on Tour. This is day 332. Mm-hmm. What are some of the high points that you've had in your excursion until now? One of the high points for us was immediately after a low point. We were actually coming through Death Valley last summer, and it was kind of a very big moment when we made it through without breaking down after several breakdowns before that. Um, we were driving through very late at night, and so it was completely black, and we pulled over to take a break, and we got out, and the stars were just the most amazing stars we had ever seen. And we actually had a friend with us at the time, too, and it was just a really special experience to pull over on the side of the road and just see the stars light up and see the Milky Way and everything like that. That was definitely one of them. Yeah, I don't think that we've actually seen as beautiful of a star display since. I mean, hands down. It was just a really triumphant moment just coming out after a very long series of unfortunate breakdowns. The last one was in 118 degree weather. It was bad. It was really bad. But another high point, I think I have so many, but we had somebody reach out to us via the internet who happened to see that we were in the Bay Area and they were like, hey, I have a van. You have a van. We're headed to Lake Tahoe this weekend and we would love for you to come meeting up with another friend of mine who also has a van again and we're going to go in search of secret swimming holes and we were like you had me a hello <laughs> you're speaking my love language we will be there so we drove out out of san francisco into the i guess it's the national forest yeah, around yeah. lake tahoe yeah. and so we met up with these perfect strangers and I can't tell you how instantly we connected with them, and it was the most magical weekend. We found these amazing swimming holes behind these little lakes, and it was this great hike, and watched amazing sunsets together, and after spending just those two days together, we just really have fallen in love with them as people. And actually, we're going to go see them again next weekend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So my, my suspicion is... That I know, Mac, that you have had uh, wanderlust uh, as a child. It's brought uh, up on it, yes. And Owen? It was a new experience for me. When we traveled in 2012, it was really eye-opening for me. And just to see the vastness of the country, just a whole new sense of scale for me because I really hadn't been outside of the southeast before then. So personal philosophy comes to mind. The Volkswagen Vanagon and and Stanley and uh, Wild Rose, which is the name of uh, my personal Vanagon. Oh my gosh, that's such a great name. I love Um, that. They're about six feet wide and about 20 feet long. Not a lot of personal space. Uh, You're together all the time. What have you learned from that? Mm, So many things. Um, I will say that Owen and I have always been really close. And after we both left our jobs, we shared a desk in our house. So we have always spent a lot of time together. But I think that when you live in a space this small, and when that space is like your home, and it is also your car, and it's really like your only method of being, 
when things come up from a relationship standpoint and somebody is upset, I think that the biggest thing that we've learned is that you have to address it immediately in the moment while it's fresh, while it's in your mind, while it's still bothering you, like you have to bring it up. And also don't go to bed angry ever because it only makes it worse. Owen? I I agree completely, especially with the last bit of that. Like Max said, working together in the same desk all the time has really been a good preparation for us. Because really like the only time we might get apart at this point is when Matt goes on a run or she's doing yoga or one of us is out reading a book or something while the other one's working in the van. So those times don't come up often where we get times to ourselves. So I really think that just being okay with each other and being happy with that company is really important. And to me, at least, I always really enjoy our company. Oh, you're so sweet. (laughs) Owen and Mac, I'm curious about what you've learned. What are the elements that will stick with you? I feel like we've learned a lot since being on the road. When we were living at home before we went on the road, we kind of operated and I mean, everybody does. We were operating in a very confined structure. You know, we'd go to work, come back from work, go to the gym, come back from the gym. And that's pretty much what our weekdays looked like. And you just like meet with the same people every single day. You see them. You just like don't have the opportunity to like surround yourself with things that are unfamiliar. But living on the road every day, you just don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know where you're going to be. Don't know what you're going to be doing. And I feel like by opening up your life to being a little bit less planned, we have just met the most amazing people. It's very obvious that we are in this van a lot. And so people always come up to us and give us the best recommendations for like things to go see, places to eat, places to camp. I mean, people offer us showers and food and laundry and It's such a great renewed sense that people want to help and people are there to help and you don't even have to ask for help. People are just there to give it to you. And unless you're putting yourself in a scenario where you could potentially like need that help, you just don't know that people are so generous with what they have. And if even if that's just information, people are so generous and I will never forget that. Yeah, we really have met some of the nicest people. And it's amazing how hospitable everyone is to us. But I can also imagine it's not free from anxiety or dangers or fears. Yeah, we frequently get asked if we have ever felt uncomfortable or we're worried about animals or people or... I would say the biggest low for us thus far on the road was we were in Miami coming out of the Keys and... We parked just for like two hours in broad daylight and somebody broke into the van. They bled all over the place. It was awful. We had a lot of things stolen. And especially when you live in such a small space and you're so selective with the things that you choose to have with you, it is such a noticeable void when those things go missing and just such a violating feeling that your home was broken into. We're not exactly incognito in a van like this, and it's just, it can be a very vulnerable feeling going back into cities. 
So we do tend to spend most of our time away from, from, from cities. Yeah, from large metropolitan cities. And we do like to continue to sleep in the van just to ensure that we are with it or can see it as much as possible. Because, I mean, everything, everything that we have is in here. You have your, your livelihood, our livelihood and your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we first started, the first few nights while we were just out there all by ourselves in the middle of nowhere, we kind of had a little bit of like a creepy vibe, but I think the more you do it, just the more comfortable it becomes. And and really like, I feel the most at home now, it seems like when we're all by ourselves out in the middle of the woods or the desert or wherever we find ourselves. So for people who are listening, who might want to do what you've done, what would you recommend? I would say that my biggest piece of advice would be to figure out what you want out of this. For us, we realized that we would never felt like we had enough time if we were just going off of savings. And our biggest, I don't know if motto or creed or whatever you want to call it, is that we wanted to live on the road full time, be able to experience our incredibly beautiful country, and we didn't want to put our life, our careers, or savings on hold. So I think that you just need to decide if you want to work, if you don't want to work, but if you want to work, you need to realize that you're going to have to sit in a really beautiful setting and you're, you need to have the ability to sit there and make yourself work because you got to get work done because that's what foots the bill of all of this. Got to get the work done. And be okay with sitting in Starbucks for eight hours sometimes. <laughs> Because sometimes that is our reality. <laughs> well, Owen Chikazawa and uh, Mac, Mary Ashley Crow, I want to thank you both for being with us on Radio Curious here in Tuttle Creek Campground. And before we close, questions that I'd like to ask you, that I ask everybody, and Owen, maybe we can start. A eureka or an aha moment that at some point in your life that gave you new direction, that changed your life? I think that that moment for me was when we were traveling in 2012. We were in Badlands National Park, and it was sort of the first time where we kind of felt like we were far away from where we had started and kind of alone for the first time. And it was that moment where I realized like just how big everything is and how vast our country is. And I think that that was also sort of the moment where traveling really like I finally got it and I realized that it was something that I really wanted to continue doing. That may presuppose the answer to my next question which is what would you like to do with the remainder of your one precious life? That's a that's a really good question. Um, it's something I don't really have a great answer to at the moment. In the short term I want to keep traveling and I'm hoping that you know the more we travel, the more we see, the more we learn. And I'm hoping that I'll have a really good answer after we're done traveling to what I want to do with the rest of my life. I'm not sure that uh, motion graphics is what it is. You know, I feel like maybe I want to do something that's more meaningful to me as a person. And so I'm hoping to find something like that while we're out here. And finally, Owen, is there a book that you could recommend to our listeners? 
in the past year, we've been listening to a lot of books on on the speakers while we're driving. So I think one of my favorite books that we listened to was The Martian. The other one that I read recently was 39 Steps, which I really enjoyed. And that was a good, quick read. And Mac, yes, the Eureka or aha moment in your life that gave you guidance, changed your life, gave you a new vision. I completely concur with Owens. I feel like I should state that for the record. But I will go with more of a professional Eureka moment. So we went to art school. Our college was an art college. Um, I had always been told up to college that I was terrible at drawing and I should not waste my time with it. And so I was kind of focusing my efforts in the direction of photography and art history. And I took this drawing seminar. An artist was brought in and did a lecture series and I ended up doing one of her workshops and she asked me to just like draw something random and I drew my glasses and it was the first time in years that I had shown anybody a drawing because I had just been told that I was awful at drawing. I'm not a good classical like realism type of artist and she came over and she was just like I love your style. I love the way that you draw. And I was a printmaking major at the time and I had been avoiding any sort of drawing based work. And just that one person telling me that I didn't have to be classically excellent at drawing, I could draw exactly how it came out of my hand and that was fine. And I could stand behind it and I could be proud of it. And so from that moment forward, my work is all drawing based and can now officially say that I am a professional illustrator and I draw like a child. (laughs) And what would you like to do with the remainder of your one precious life? Mm. I was born traveling. I'm traveling full time now. My grandparents have been to almost every single country except for like two, I think. And so I... I just want to be able to to tell like my grandkids that I've seen as much as like my grandparents have. Traveling is just mm, it's like the spice of life. I just love it. I want to keep traveling. I never want to stop. And I also just want to continue to develop myself as as an artist and as an illustrator. And I want to work. I want to continue to work for myself. But as far as the the broader picture, I don't know. I just want to keep being as happy as I am now. And a book, or books that you could recommend to our mm. listeners. I really, really love Devil in a White City. It is a book that I read in in high school, actually, and it's about the Chicago World's Fair and a series of murders that was happening at the time. It is an incredible book. It is absolutely amazing. I believe a movie might be coming out next year, so you got to get on that. Owen Chikazawa and Mac. Mary Ashley Crow, thank you very much for being with us on Radio Curious. Thank you so much. Such a happenstance meeting. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Mary Ashley Crow, known as Mac, and her husband, Owen Chikazawa, are artists and designers. They live and work remotely in Stanley, their 1985 Volkswagen Westphalia camper van, as they wander on a sustainable journey to nowhere. The books that Owen Chikazawa recommends are The Martian by Andy Weir 
and The 39 Steps by John Buchan. The book that Mac, Mary Ashley Crow, recommends is The Devil in the White City, Murder, Magic, and Madness at the Fair that Changed America by Eric Larson. This interview was recorded on March 17, 2017, while sitting in Stanley and parked next to the Radio Curious Mobile Studio, also a Westphalia camper van, at Tuttle Creek Campground in Lone Pine, California. There are now over 630 archive editions on Radio Curious. That's radiocurious.org. They're free for you to enjoy, download, and share as you wish. We appreciate your cards, letters, and ideas about our programming and look forward to hearing from you. Curious at Radio Curious, 280 North Oak, Ukiah, California, 95482-707-462-6541. Angie Boyles Askham is the assistant producer. I'm host and producer Barry Vogel. Thank you for listening. Thank you.